Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome on to a very special edition of the Final Furlong Podcast brought to you by Ferry House and Horse Racing Ireland as we look ahead to the Ferry House Winter Festival. Yes, it might be getting cold outside. Yes, it might be getting closer to Christmas and the decorations may very well be getting uh, put up pretty soon. But more importantly, we've got top class grade one action to discuss at Ferry House live on Racing TV and indeed on RTE at the weekend and I'm joined by literally the top team to discuss this. Uh, first up, a man who's been on the show before, not so long ago in fact. Uh, welcome back to now, I, I want to say, I'd love to say award winning but I can't say award winning just yet, but award nominated for his book, Mr. Barry Garrity. Good evening, Emma. how are you? I'm good, thank God. How proud are you that your book has been nominated for such a prestigious award? Oh, very proud. Um, it's uh, I'm happy with it, and the feedback is good, and reviews have been good, so um, I believe it's selling well. Okay, and that's all on the back of Final Furlong Podcast listeners, so that 10% uh, can be coming away pretty soon, Barry, and you're very, very welcome. Uh, no, it's a fantastic book, and well done with it, and well, long may the success continue. We are also joined by Top Jockey, Mr. Patrick Mullins. Emmett, good evening. Great to have you back on the show, my friend. Are you well? As well as can be, as well as can be. And looking forward to a big weekend where you will be in action. Yeah, yeah, always. Uh, for me, this is the, for me, everyone has their own start of the jump season. For me, this is it because our horse is going to get going in the middle of November. So for me, this is when, when the real stuff starts. Excellent. And that's good to know as well, by the way. And uh, the big rival to Patrick Mullins, and indeed to Willie as well. A man who is synonymous with success, making his first appearance in the Final Forum podcast, top trainer, Mr. Gordon Elliott. Welcome to the show, my friend. Hi, Emerson. Gordon, it's going to be uh, a big weekend, and with Patrick saying that this is the weekend that he sees where this is where the national hunt season really begins, I, I would say for you, it was probably the, the down royal meeting, because that's one that you tend to target quite a bit. So your horses are going to be well fresh ahead of the Ferry House meeting. Yes, in Ferry House is a great meeting. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's uh, I think, probably the third meeting we've got a great one race at. So it's a, it's a meeting we all look forward to and we're looking forward to the weekend. As fans, can't wait to watch it either, uh, for that matter as well. Currently the ground is soft. Uh, the forecast is mainly dry. It's freezing but dry. The uh, tracks haven't been used, haven't been raced on since uh, the tracks haven't been raced on since last 12 months due to there being no Easter festival. Um, just a, a word on that, Gordon. The fact that the whole season came to a complete standstill because of 
let's just call it Rona. How happy are you that things are back on track, even though fans aren't on courses? Yeah, obviously it's great we're racing and great we're getting to keep the horses going. But um, you know, it, it's a it's it's a, it's a disaster. We're not getting owners back racing, and the sooner we get them back, the better. Um, you know, they're investing a lot of money into the game, and it'll be great to get them back racing soon. It's it's very very important, I think. Echoed, echoed very much so. <laughs> And apparently being echoed in the background there as well, somewhere along the line too. Um, we will start by taking a look at Saturday's action at Ferry House. So Barry, it's okay. You can go to sleep there for a little bit uh, if you'd like. <laughs> Monkfish is going to be running uh, for Willie Mullins in the uh, 11.30 early start of the Jim Ryan Racecourse Services Beginners Chase. Um You've also got on the ropes here for uh, a big owner for both of you and for Gordon as well, uh, Chiefly Park. Um, what's the latest on Monkfish? Though? That's the worst that we really want to hear about. Um, we'll be hearing about Gordon's horse in a few, few minutes as well. But Monkfish was so good uh, at Cheltenham last year. He was so gutsy and so brave. Um, how is he ahead of his uh, seasonal reappearance and indeed his uh, first run over fences? He's in fantastic form at home. We're delighted with him. Uh, he's schooled really, really well. I mean, he won a point of points, so uh, that was never really going to be a concern. But um, Paul Townend uh, was particularly pleased with how he schooled. Um, we had to kind of pull him off and make sure he didn't keep going down the schooling strip. And uh, look, he should he should win. I mean, he's improved with every run he's he's had. He's improved, improved, improved. Um, he has been beaten on his seasonal debut all three times uh, in a point of point in a bumper and last year here Diol Kerr who runs against him on Saturday beat him in a maiden hurdle but I don't think I'll be overly worried about that um, I think he's plenty fit enough our novice chaser seem to be doing the business and we'll be very disappointed if he gets beat um, but look we've been disappointed before he's going to be a long odds on favourite as well how bizarre is it that he was beaten in this race last year by Dolkier. How bizarre is it that he was beaten last year by Dolkier and that they both reoppose this time in a different code? Yeah, um, just, I know last year, you know, obviously a lot of our horses, we start later and a lot of them are quite short in their first run, but last year particularly, so I appreciate it was only third in the bumper uh, at this meeting last year and Monkfish got beat. You know, a few of the real good horses got beat, um, but they just blew up. Um and we probably just had them as slightly undercooked, but I think they're a little bit more forward this year than they were at the same period last year. So, um, like I said, I, must, I don't think it'll be a, a concern. Okay, you're not worried. Uh, there's a £100,000 purchase for you, Escara 10, uh, Gordon, running in this race. Uh, what are you expecting from him? He's a nice horse, but it looks a pretty competitive race. Um, you know, I'd have to agree with Patrick. I think Mugfish looks a standout horse in this race. Um, I know Baron and Axon, he looks the horse we all have to beat. Uh, if my horse went into the first three or four, I think it would be a good run, to be honest, on ratings. Fair enough. And the betting the betting um, forecast is two to five Monkfish. So I think that's a fairly accurate assessment from uh, Gordon. Gordon, I'll stick with you, if you don't mind, as we talk about the 12.30, the Easy Fix Equine Care Handicap Chase. We've got us and them in there for Joseph O'Brien. But you've got uh, a couple of runners in here, one having his second start for you. Bellamy de Sevilla. Yeah, let's go with that. And uh, Diamoto. So there's two horses whose names I've completely butchered. And you've got a third uh, who's having his first start for you. 
or Joron de Somoza. Is someone trying to take the piss? Uh, right, so three almost impossible names to pronounce. How are they and uh, who would you expect to be um, coming home better in this race on Saturday? Yeah, we've, we've obviously um, three, three runners in the race. Um, two of them are having their first runs for me on the track. Um you know, uh, Bellamy de Silva, we ran him in a point-to-point a few weeks ago and the ground was very, very soft and he, he just didn't handle us, didn't get home. Um, the other horse, uh, who I not, wouldn't regret pronouncing either, um, <laughs> he's having his first run for me out, out, of, out of Henry's. Um, I think he could be better on a bit of better ground, but I think Tim Mateo is probably just picking my tree. He had a nice run the last day. He's came on from the run and he's working well at home. He'd, he'd probably be the pick of my tree, to be honest. Okay. And uh, in terms of the betting forecast anyway, um, obviously we're recording on Thursday, so we're, we're kind of in the dark here. Uh, we have prices for some races. And uh, other than that, we're like playing the guessing game. But he's a, he's a pretty decent price in terms of the betting forecast. But how reliable that can be remains to be seen. Um, the next race that we will move on to is the uh, unusually... Uh, timed 101, but I don't have any issue with these uh, different race times. Concertista. Why, Patrick, you're taking the easy option, man. You could have gone for the harder race, but oh, in you come here for the soft touch. Uh, Concertista, how is she um, a Cheltenham Festival winner and uh, her first run since then? Yeah, I'm not not so certain this is the soft touch. Um, it's actually worth more than the Royal Bond as well, interestingly. Um, uh, Conchies is really good. Uh, you know, look, her her she's her two runs in Cheltenham, she's been a short head from winning winning twice, but her Irish form leaves a lot to be uh, desired and not particularly sure why that is. Um, you know, so if she, only, if she runs like she did all last winter, um, she's going to be... She's going to find it tough here. I mean, like I said, it's a very competitive race. Um, all the main competitors have had a run. Like Queensbrook finishing third behind Fernie Holland, appreciated. I think that form is probably the best form in the race. Um, obviously, it was a, a you know a bit of a, a shock to see her beating down Royal, but I'd always forgive a horse one run, and that was probably a, a funny ran sort of race. Um, Minna Melody is a very high class horse. I mean, I think they went probably too fast up front in the. Mayor's novice last year, the country used to won him and Ellie ran bad in. Uh, I think the first four home were all midfield or further back. Um, I think Manila Melody and Colin Evie and a few others probably got, got, uh, took it on pretty hard in the cold face up the front. Um, so whether Concertista was perhaps, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Flattered. I don't know. Um, she's a mare we've always liked, but I just can't get out of my head how disappointing she was all through the winter last year. And she got beat here in Fairy House as well. Another one of our uh, Cheltenham horses got beat uh, in Fairy House first run. So I'd be taking a watching brief on her, uh, you know, especially taking on the likes of Melody Melody and Queensbrook. Um, but the mare I really like here is Carrigan Lotus. Um, I tried to buy her last year and I couldn't get anyone to buy her after she was second in Fairy House. Um, she's a fantastic pedigree the Lawlers um, it'd be a fairy tale if they could win it um, but I, I think she's as good a mare as is in the country personally and um, Jeez. Liz, Liz Lawler runs rides her which is fantastic uh, Liz I think broke her neck a couple of years ago and she's had a baby and yeah. she's chasing the record for most point to point winners by a lady rider um, so it'd be fantastic if she could win it but 
Uh, she's stepping up two and a half miles at the first time. I think she's a very good mare, and I think she she could take all the beating. A very good mare who has the benefit of a run as well, but that's quite a bullish statement that you've just made, that you think that, first of all, that you tried to buy her, and secondly, that you think she could be one of the very best mares in the country. I think she could, you know. I think she was second in Fairy House behind the mare that won the listed bumper in... Um, Nabbing the other day, and then she was third in the grade two bumper. But uh, I think they went slow that day, and it was quick ground election as it always is. Um, so I think a good gallop, two and a half miles. Uh, I think she's very good now. Look, we'll find out on Saturday. Okay. Um, but uh, I think she shouldn't be underestimated because, um, just because she's not in Willie's or Gordon's or Henry's. Yeah. Um, and as you say, the smaller stables do tend to get overlooked, and indeed they are in the market because Anya Lawler's horse is currently ten to one. Um, your horse is five to four, Henry's and Rachel's eleven to four, and Gordon's Queen's Brook is a uh, hundred to thirty. Is the current betting as we're recording on Thursday? Uh, how is Queen's Brook? She's had a run this season and uh, just about denied under Jack Kennedy. Uh, at Down Royal. How has she uh, since then? Because both Kate Tracy and I were very, very keen on her um, that day and, and came out of the race thinking she's going to she's gonna do very, very well this season. Yeah, she's a nice mare, so she is. Um, probably got raced a little bit early up and down Royal. It was a funny race and uh, she just got ran out of it. But um, listen, I think it's a competitive race. Obviously, Willie's mare, who won in Cheltenham this year, she has her form... Obviously, seems to be an awful lot better around Cheltenham than it has been anywhere else. You know, you have to respect her and Henry's mare as well. Um, my mare's in good form. Um, uh, she's a novice. You know, a lot of these are second season novice, these mares. We probably lack a bit of experience, but she's in good form. And I think she liked the two-mile three. And I think she liked the soft ground. I think we might see a bit of improvement for that all being well. Excellent. All right. So you're expecting a big run uh, from Queensbrook so on, on Saturday? Yeah, I hope so. All right, Gordon. Wish you the best. Um, I have to say, though, that if Anya Lawler's coming there, I will might switch allegiance. But that being said, my money will be on Queensbrook. Uh, no offence, uh, Patrick, but then again, you have completely put me off your horse anyway. But uh, Queensbrook's a horse that we, we really <laughs> like on the podcast, so it'd be a bit mad to be going off for now. Um, Gordon, you've got... Oh, jeez. Uh, Gars de Sa. Uh, Gars de Sa. Um, how did we end up pronouncing under so? So, right, so Gars de So. Oh, there you go. Happy days. Thanks very much. That's solved it myself. Um, how is Gars de So um, for your first run, uh, first run for you uh, and in JP's colours? Yeah, we've got a runner in both divisions of the Maiden Hurdle, both Gars de So and Indigo Breeze. Um, both of them are nice horses for the future. Um, both big staying horses, so hopefully both of them run well. Okay, and um, what about uh, Hookup, the very interestingly named Hookup, uh, Patrick? Yeah, um, not a big mare. Um, she's quite petite, um, but she has some good form in France. Um, she was disappointing. Um, she was disappointing last season, and look, uh, we you know we think a bit of her. We sure in Cheltenham, um, and you know that, that was probably. Just the season was getting getting going and we chanced on um, Danny wasn't harder when she was uh, beaten but we'd like to think she's up to winning winning a maiden hurdle and uh, I think probably I don't think the ground is going to be too soft up here um, I think it's quite dry forecast uh, I think she's 
being, with her size, I think the drier the ground, the better the better it should be. Gordon, just finally, the last race that we'll talk about is the bumper, the Willie Elliott Memorial bumper, obviously named in honour of your late uncle. Uh, I'm sure it's a race that you would love to win, and it's a race that you're represented by um, Mr. Jimmy Codd, uh, the Codd father, in the colours of um, the Queen's Brook, who we were talking about earlier on. Um, uh, Fistion Desiards, Desiards, let's go with that pronunciation, that'll have to do. Uh, Willie's got one in here, so Patrick can come for you as well. But Gordon, um, obviously uh, a race that would mean a lot to you to win. Yeah, I'd like to win as we were second last year, just beating ahead. Um, you know, I'm, I'm probably a bit stronger with four-year-olds this year than five-year-olds at the moment uh, to, to run in bumpers. Um, this this has a nice horse. He had a nice run in the maiden hurdle and finished in second. But it's 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 a hot enough race on paper. You know, you've got Peter Fahey, uh, Noel Mead, and Willie Mullins, Tom Mullins. You, you've all you know three or four trainers that you'd always fear in bumpers. Um, you know, obviously Emmett's horse has won a bumper for, or point to point for Pat Doyle. Uh, the fact they had three entered in the race and they're on this, I suppose that that's a, a tip in itself. Um, Milo's a nice horse, and I think he's run a good race. Excellent stuff. Uh, Patrick Mullins, please tell me you're not going to spoil it for Gordon. <laughs> um, no, I really, I really like my horse. Um, he's a getaway five-year-old, one point point pass, five-year-old point point in early January. His owner sent him up to us then. Um, he also had a horse passage away with us a few years ago. He won first from out in Punchdown and uh, Manella Indo and City Island are second and third. And unfortunately, our fella broke leg and the other two went on to win in Cheltenham. So it would be nice to... Um, get a good horse uh, for James Mulcahy. Um, uh, look, I, I like him a lot. Um, I hate going up to the Ferry today, Gone Gordon. Um, it's a, it's kind of a home game for him and obviously he's probably put one away for this bumper. Um, Piston had a good run the last day um, but it's there's lots in it. I mean, no meat horse is well bred, costs a lot of money, is ready to go to bumper winners so he's not going to be too slow and obviously Peter Fahey's horse the coastal path won a point to point as well so it's very competitive but I'd expect my fella to be to be very closely involved. Okay, so essentially what we're going to have is uh, Gordon Elliott and Willing Mullins going to war in the bumper in the last in Ireland. So nothing new there then. Just basically business as usual, with the exception of the young upstart Joseph O'Brien every now and again, who decides to come along. And I believe has taken this race twice in the last two years. Indeed he has. Indeed he has. Uh, How dare he? Um, Barry Garrity, your best bet for for Saturday? I'd say uh, the fact Patrick is positive about Monkfish is good, but there's not much value in that. Um, It's a tricky enough card. I'd suppose maybe um, Queensbrook I would have been a fan of I sat in her early in the season for Garden um, I would like her obviously her form is good um, she should be better for the softer ground and she's definitely better than her performance in, in down rides so she could be valued to oppose the other two Okay, so you're with me so on Queensbrook. Given the, the, the times that are in it and the fact that there are no crowds uh, that can be allowed to be there at Ferry House and the staff are all devastated about that you've no idea how much work the staff put in to make Ferry House happen but um, Barney from Bar One uh, Bar One Racing he's going to be giving a very generous hamper to all the grooms in the three grade ones and the Potterstone as well so um, fair play to him for doing that and uh, Barney's given his charity bets as well so we'll be um, sticking a few quid on some stuff to try and make money for the Irish Injured Jockeys Fund a little bit later on uh, we'll move on to Sunday and the Bar One Racing 
Price Boost Juvenile Hurdle at 12.30. St. Sam, currently 5-2. Xenophire, 4-1. Druid's Altar, 6s. Jeff Skadir, 14s. Glorious Jaff, 16s. Rock Shika, 66s. Wide Earp, whatever you want. Um, We'll start with you, Barry Garrity. What's your thoughts on the Bar 1 Racing Price Boost Juvenile Hurdle, Grade 3? I'd say you'd want to get Patrick's thoughts first on St. Sam. That might... Uh, give a better shape to the complexion of the race. So you want to find out the information from Gordon and from Willie, first of all. All right, we can make that happen. Um, Patrick, St. Sam, tell us a little bit about him. It's his uh, first run for Willie. Yeah, he's a beautiful saint, the Saints horse. He's like a miniature Burroughs Saint. Um, really, really eye-catching horse. He's not, not as big as Burroughs Saint now, whether he's, he looks possibly more of a herder than a, than a chaser. Um, We've been very happy with him since he arrived. I'm just, you know, it's not the usual way that we go about. Um, you know, he, he ran in July in France, and now we're running him in November. It's quite a quick turnaround for how we train them. So that would be a note of caution on my side. Um, we usually like to give him more time, but because he's already won, this is his novice season. So we've got to kind of our hand is forced to go with him a bit. Um, but so it's more of a watching brief. Like we haven't been hard on him at home because. Like I said, usually wouldn't have turned him out this quickly, but because of his profile, we sort of have to. Um, I think whatever he does, he'll improve on. Um, so we'll be learning about him as much as anyone else, I imagine. So you want to see him, Patrick, and uh, not let's not overreact to, to anything that happens on Sunday. Gordon, for you, um, second run for Zanafir. Uh, it's a big weekend for Noel and Valerie Morahan. I know that I've completely butchered the pronunciation of that horse, by the way. Uh, maybe you can correct that for me, but how is the horse after his run uh, last time out in Ballon Rope? Yeah, Santa here. Um, he seems to do well, um, Emmett. Um, he, uh, he's come on well. He's come on a, come on a good bit from Ballon Rope. Um, he jumped that well that day and stayed well. Um, albeit, um, Willie's horse was disappointing the next day, but I'm sure he, that his run in Punchestown wasn't, he ran too bad to be true. I'm sure that wasn't the horse's run. He's a better horse than that. Um, he's a nice horse, Santa here. I intend to run him, and I could run Quintilocks along with him, who's won, won 303. Uh, obviously, um, I could run him in the, in the race as well. I'll be well. Okay. Um, so the, the some bookmakers are being a bit odd about Quintilox. He would be the most interesting were he to run, and he's the horse that bar racing uh, Bar One Racing feared the most. Um, they're making him favourite. So last time out, he was a 20-length a, a winner at Down Royal. Obviously, he's another one of these chiefly park horses. They just seem to be utter machines. What's he like in his work at home? And how is he since he's come out of that that run last time out? Yeah, he's, he's a nice horse. He's a very horse at home, but he didn't have to do any more in down road than hack around. It wasn't a great race. Uh, you know, this, this will be his toughest test uh, if he runs on, on Sunday. But um, he's got a double penalty, I suppose. That is a worry, but he's a nice horse. He likes soft ground and, and he jumps very well. So, um, you know, I could run two in this race, all being well. Okay, so he may very, Quidlox may very well turn up and he's going to be a horse that a lot of people are excited about. In terms of juvenile hurdlers at, at this time of year, is it a case, Gordon, that they can fool you? That they can make you think that they're, they're a little bit better because of, well, basically because of the fact that they're, they're juveniles? Um, or, or is it a case of um, what you see is what you get, that what you're seeing at home, 
you can actually get to see on the track? Uh, to be honest, I think we won about six or eight juvenile hurdles this year so far. And I think the two horses I have entered in this race, Quick, Quick Locks and Santa here, are probably the only two that will really compete at a higher level. The other horses will be grand horses and win the races, but these are probably the two that you'll hear more of during the season, all being well. Okay. Now, Barry, you have heard from the gentleman at hand, so no excuses. What, what do you make of that? Yeah, well, I was impressed by Zanaher in uh, Ballon Road when he, he ran like a horse would improve the run, but jumped really well. Um, Keith Dunne, who gave him a great ride on the day. But the fact he is getting weight, I think, is a, is a big plus. Um, just I was curious to hear what Patrick's thoughts were on St. Sam. He obviously likes him, but there is a question mark about um, maybe this coming a little bit soon from so you'd have to take that as a slight negative. I'd agree with Nor uh, with Gordon as regards uh, Quilla E Ox or whatever you want to call him. Uh, having the waste, the penalty he has, having a double penalty is hard, especially on slow ground. So for me, um, if uh, Patrick's cost on St. Sam, I'd be happy to go with here. Okay, Santa here for uh, Barry Garrity. To be honest about it, Barry, I'd agree with you. And uh, I'm also glad that you ballsed up the pronunciation just as bad as I did. Uh, we'll move on to the bar1racing.com uh, Royal Bond. Uh, novice Earl, this has obviously been a very important race over the years. And of course, Patrick was won by the mighty Hurricane Fly back in the day before he swept all before him. Uh, but Bally Adam may be another superstar, certainly uh, when we talked about him in the Final Forum podcast earlier today, and indeed earlier in the season, uh, was being talked about as such. Uh, currently priced at 13 to 8 by Bar One Racing. She wears it well, is uh, 13 to 8 as well, so joint favourites. Caskmate is 6 to 1 with Bar One Racing, and uh, after that, then it's Dew Cup, who is about 12 to 1, and uh, Jesse Evans is pretty much, we're into double-figure prices after that. So let's focus on Bally Adam, first of all, Gordon. Um, look, another one for Chivley Park. Um, obviously, you've done exceptionally well to get the Chivley Park courses in. Um, this one of Fame and Glory, he has the fact that he was bought for £330,000 at the Cheltenham November sale back in 2019. Uh, clearly pricks my ears and makes me think, well, he'll win everything, every single race that he ever runs in because I love an expensive horse. But in all seriousness, what he's done so far, uh, with the exception of his defeat at Navin, has been a, a really, really impressive. Um, how has he come out of his performance at uh, Down Royal last time out with just the 12-length victory? Yeah, he's come out of Down Royal very well. Um, again, this is the... Uh a big step up from down Royal, I suppose, a bit like she wears it well. Um, you know, the, the two of them have been very impressive on, on their previous runs, but um, so this is going to be both horses' probably toughest task so far. Um, I think my horse is a, is a smart horse. I was very, very disappointed when he got bet in Navin last year. I thought he was going to be my Chelten and Wumper horse last year, but um, look, for, for whatever different reasons, he didn't win, but um, he's a stronger horse this year. He's not the biggest horse in the world, but he hurdles well, and we're looking forward to running him Sunday. Um, you know, I think there could be a big enough field in this race. You know, I think it could be seven, eight, nine runners in this race. Um, you know, it, it, it'll be a competitive race and I'm looking forward to running them. How difficult a decision was it to go from maiden companies straight into grade ones? It wasn't that difficult at all, to be honest. You're kind of, at this stage of the season, it, it's the only road to go, you know, where we could have run them in a grade two or, or grade three, you know, 
over the last couple of weeks. But we decided we keep him and come here after Down Royal. He'd had a run in the point to point, so he's had plenty of school and done. So um, this was always the plan after Down Royal. Okay, uh, a couple of others to talk about that you've got in the race. The very man and uh, one down for the Gigginstown team. Yeah, uh, listen, I'd love to run the very man in, in the handicap hurdle. He was running well in Down Royal when he fell, but the owners are keen to run both of these horses in, in a grade one. Um, I'd say both of them will struggle, to be honest. Okay, and I like I like the honesty, and uh, that will help Barry and I with our selections later on. Patrick, could we talking to you for about seventeen hours here, seeing as the amount of entries that you've got? Right, we'll start with uh, obviously she wears it well. Um, again, you've so you're making the step up from a maiden to a grade three to a grade one. Um, first of all, how is the horse uh, since her last run? Good, good. Um, look, she's a mare that's always worked very well. Uh, we you know we she was in there during the summer. Uh, James Fenton and the Close Sutton Racing Club leased her out. Um, you know they've had some fantastic luck, and it's great to see them doing so well. Um, look, we went to Galway with her. I thought she was probably my best ride of the week. She won very well. Um, had several arguments over Willie with Willie over her going straight hurdling, but um, she did, and she bought her up in Sligo. And then she was very good down in Tipperary. Now, look, she beat cut by some day who obviously has a very high mark now, but he's very high summer mark. Um, so, you know, now that they're coming up against winter horses, she's going to have to step up again. We won this race with a similar type of horse, Early Beach, um, who was also owned by racing clubs, a Supreme Racing Club at the time. And... Um, she could be a very similar type. She's, you know, she's the same type of horse. She's uh, strong, not big, has a turn of foot, uh, jumps very slickly. Um, but she's going to have to step up. Look, Bally Adam, to me, looks the one that could be a Cheltenham horse. Looking at the rest of the horses in them, they're all good grade two horses. It's hard to see any of the others kind of stepping up to maybe being a grade one Cheltenham horse, which is what usually wins the um, Royal Bond. And so for me... Alan Mayer has to step up to get the Bally Adam, but she's three from three. She's a Scirocco old Vic Cross, same as any power. Um, she works very well. And, you know, she's the opposite end. She's a least filly taking on a very expensive point of pointer. So while Willie Mullins is training, and it is a bit of a fairy tale for the close Sutton racing club. So it would be fantastic if she could go and do an early beach. Yes, sir. And, um, and, and win it, you know? Yeah, certainly. And look, she's beautifully bred as well out of Scirocco. Uh, does the weight allowance make a, a factor for you at all? Uh, no, well, they're always going to get the weight allowance. So, you know, I don't really, you don't really take, you know, wherever, no matter where she goes, she's going to get that in a, in a, in a graded race. Um, and it's the same, you know, like you talk about Bally Adam stepping up into a grade one, but a race is only the horses in it and what it is, you know, just because it's called grade one. It's this is just a novice hurdle, like you know. There's, like I said, there's. It's a big enough field, but there's. You don't have the likes of appreciated Fernie Hollow, you know, the top bumper horse from last year. And so, um, I wouldn't be worried about Bally Adams stepping up into Vertacom as a Grade One on his second run. You know, he, he jumped very slickly. He's won a point a point. I don't see that, see that being any negative for him. Well, I'm certainly not worried about it after the confidence that Gordon had when I asked him that question. Uh, I got to ask you about Angolo because uh, I did happen to notice that on Twitter people were losing their minds that oh, we found the Rich Richie Supreme horse for the for the season. This is going to be the horse to win the Supreme Novices Hurdle. Uh, what's the prospects of him? 
Yeah, he's an admirable horse. I mean, a Galileo Danehill Cross wouldn't scream jumper at you, but um, he he looks like he's adopted a, a big grey kind of chasing looking horse. Um, we were surprised, you know, when this car Galileo arrived and he looked like he did. But, um, you know, he pulled up in Quebec and I'm not sure what happened that day. Um, again, maybe um, they probably went a bit hard in front, but he still shouldn't have pulled up. Um, something went amiss. He's three from three on his completed starts. He had a seven-pound penalty in his grade two in Navin. He won. How strong is that form? I'm not so sure. Wide receiver was third. He got beaten in a maiden hurdle since. Um, like to me, he's going to be. Uh, to me, he's going to be a solid graded horse. He'll run well in grade ones. He needs to step up again to win grade ones. But I do think he's probably overpriced um, at fourteen to one, considering considering what he's done. Um, I think if you know if you weren't going to play the two main horse at short prices I think 14 to 1 about him is uh, is 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 value definitely yeah. so if if one was to do an exacta on we'll say Bally Adam and then I'm sorry to say this to you now Patrick but um, and then that she wears it well finishes third but N'Golo finishes finishes second or N'Golo was to cause a massive upset which would I mean, I think Gordon would go nuts, but um, given the confidence that he seems to have with Pelly Adam, but um, you wouldn't be at all surprised if he was involved in the first three. No, no, not at all. Um, you know, look on his three runs, he hasn't screamed that um, he's going to be, you know, our supreme horse. Um, but he is improving with every run, so it's not beyond the realm of possibility that he'll keep improving. But one of Willie's and Rich's that's three from three and complete starts. You know, that that maybe that P is just um, in the back of people's minds, but uh, I think 14 to 1 is, is a very big price for being in the first three. Yeah, you're making it sound big, to be fair. Uh, Barry Garrity, having heard the two gentlemen's arguments, what are, you, what are your thoughts on the Royal Bond? Yeah, it's, it, numerically it's going to be a strong race, but for me there's only, there's only two standouts, uh, Bally Adam and She Wears It Well. They're the potential grade one Cheltenham performers where um I think the others Nangola was workman like in, in Navin. Um, you know, the very man is coming from handicaps. It's it wouldn't look as strong to me if you if you took the two of them out of it, um, Bally Adam and she wears it well, it would be a very ordinary race. So I think it's between those two. Um, but Bally Adam would be also would excite you. She wears it well, has potential, but I think for me Bally Adam sets the mark. Yeah, I was saying this earlier on today as well that I'm with Bally Adam too. Sorry, Patrick. Um, he's just looking super exciting and I'm not at all concerned about the fact that he's going straight into Great One Company. In fact, I think it's a, it's a positive. Uh, right, we'll move on to the Drimore Novices Chase. And this is one of the reasons that I love this day so much that we get to see so much exciting talent on show. And Gordon, this is very much going to be your show here uh, because you're responsible for the top three in the market. Envoy Alain who has uh, got two Cheltenham CV, uh, two Cheltenham victories on his CV. Uh, Easy Work, one of my favourite horses in training. Andy Dufresne, and uh, and then we've got Assemble, Home by the Lee, Embittered, and Cocoa Beach to round off the entries. Uh, the top three in the betting are all trained by Gordon Elliott. Uh, let's start with Envoy Alain. Um, He's just seemed to be foot perfect on his chasing debut again uh, at Down Royal meeting that I know means a lot to you. Uh, and I know that this meeting means a lot to you as well. So uh, bringing him here seems significant to me. Um, how happy are you that he's popping into into grade one company 
on the back of um, of just one run in a chase. I know that he would have won point to points, but you must be very pleased with what he's doing at home. Yeah, to be honest, he's in good form. I think he's come on a good bit from down Royal. And um, there's still plenty left in the tank, though. You know, he's not completely wound up. Um, look, at he, he he seems to be an exceptional horse. We're very lucky to be training him. Um, on, on, on hurdle ratings, you know, he, he probably wouldn't have to run to eight or £10 of his best to probably win this race. But, um, you know, it's a great one. And there's probably not going to be the biggest field in the world. But uh, I'm happy with the horse. I'm looking forward to running him on Sunday. And look, I know you don't want to get too far ahead of yourself when it comes to the the big meetings, but your face when you landed the the champion bumper, and your face when you landed uh, the Ballymore as well, for that matter, with um, with Davy on board, like these victories mean an awful lot to you, and a lot of planning has to go in to get there. So. Um, for you to come out and, and say straight away that given the fact that there are so many options at Cheltenham and you knew that there would be so much speculation about this horse, given the fact for you to come straight out and say it's the marsh and that's where we're going to go, that was very good of you. Um, is that the kind of distance that you feel is just ideal for him at this point in of, of, of his career? I think it is, to be honest, yeah. I mean, but the horse is very versatile. You know, he's won a point to point over three miles. Um, he obviously won the Royal Bond last year, you know, over two. And um, I don't think uh, distance is a problem. I mean, he's a very classy horse. And I think, like most good horses, he'll win over any trip. But um, I think at this stage of his career, it's the right trip for him. Okay. It's not too late to change your mind, Gordon, and go for the Arkle. That's all I'm saying. It would um, win me a bet with Kate Tracy on the final for podcast. So yeah, it's not it's not too late to change your mind and go for it. But he's got the speed and he's got the stamina to basically win anything, in my view. He's he's just a superb horse. Uh, let's go for easy work next, Gordon. Um, a winner last time out and uh, second to Envoy Alain at Cheltenham before the whole world went to hell um, under Rachel Blackmore and. Uh, to me, he's he's a really tough, admirable racehorse who gives everything. Yeah, he probably won't, he won't run to be honest. Um, I I keep him for a uh, a couple of other races in mind for him. Um, I'd probably run two in the race. I'll, Envy definitely runs, and uh, two maybe three. Uh, easy work uh, doesn't run. Coco Beach might take his chance. And Andy Dufresne, uh, we might wait with him. We'll we'll, we'll see. Okay, so Andy Dufresne could come out as well. Uh, yeah, it's looking like it, yeah. Okay, so that will make uh, Envoy Alain's price even shorter. That leads me to ask Patrick Mullins, uh, how good is Envoy Alain when you, when you see him from your assessment? Oh, if there's one horse in England or France I could have, it'd be him. Um, so I don't think we need to spend too long on him. He should, normal look, he should come home in his own time. And especially, Barry, when you hear that the two big guns that Gordon also had entered in the race, um, if you could call them that, are out, then with the greatest respect to the rest of the rivals, Envoy wins. Yeah, so with, with, you know, bar a mishap, he wins. Um, if he runs to half his ability, he'd beat these. Um, but and the way he jumped and did everything in, in Dunrail, he looks so uncomplicated. He's all class. He's and as Patrick says, if there was a horse in England or Ireland you'd like to have, it would be end by Alan. Big time. He's a, an absolute superstar. Uh, we'll go for the Porterstown handicap, shall we? Uh, the current betting with uh, bar one is, and we'll have to get updates from 
Gordon and indeed Patrick about horses who are going to come out. Uh, Milan Native heads the betting at 7-1. to Shkormar, 8s, who's a regular in these. Captain CJ, 10s. Roaring Bull, 12s. Uh, Chevy Artist, 12-1. to uh, Forza Milan, 14s. Death Duty, 14s. Uh, Monleo, 16s. And High Sparrow, also 16s. Uh, a few Game of Thrones references in there if you were listening. Uh, Gordon, in terms of your team, how is that shaping up for the big handicap? I'd probably run seven or eight in it, um, to be honest. Um, look, there's a couple of old timers in it, but if you're not in, you can't win. You know, just I suppose Roaring Bull, the last day, is the perfect example in in the in the Tri Town. You know, he 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 was a massive price in the end, finishing second. Well, there's no real second on the day, but um, I'd probably run seven or eight in it. Um, listen, they're all there trying for their chances, and we'll see what happens. I suppose. Uh, one horse low down in the weights. He's come on and off in the last days. Shed the care of you. He could have an each way chance at a big price. Nice one. Um, okay, right. Let's make a, a note of him down below at the weights. Um, Patrick, in terms of the team that Willie could send, I'm looking at Stone and Roses here, uh, currently rated number 30. Um, I guess it's a case of who's going to get in. Uh, what's your team shaping up like? Yeah, we've stones and roses and boyed it yet. Look, there are two two um horses who ran a fortnight ago. Um but there's nothing hidden about them. They're they're well they're probably second season novices. Um if they got if the likes of Stones Rose got in a bottom weight, I think you see one of ours that's anyway unexposed getting in a bottom weight and a nice handicap, they're probably worth backing. Uh but I was going to say that I, I'd be following Sheb the Shervenu as well. I wrote him one day for Gordon. In Punchdown, I thought there was a big race in him, um, and he's knocked on the door a few times. And I'd say this race would suit him down to the ground. Okay, well then we're definitely uh, backing that. that. That's the Isaac Sweden Sweden Manier horse, isn't it? Sheb the Kerbinay. Okay, that's number currently rated number nineteen um, on race cards as we record on Thursday evening uh, at around about um, seven forty. So just bear that one in mind. Uh, the Hatton's Grace. Honeysuckle, uh, the current betting with uh, Bar One Racing is uh, eight to thirteen. Honeysuckle, Saldier eight to eleven. Uh, Beacon's Edge eight to one, Fury Road nine to one, Ronald Pump nines, and Bacardi's twelve. Um, first question goes to um, Patrick Mullins. Saldier. Uh, it seems to have been the. I, I think Willie was saying this in the in the Racing Post that the plan was to run him here, and then possibly go for the Christmas hurdle at, at Leopardstown. Um, in terms of like, like it was very frustrating that he missed out most of, of last season because I thought the performance that he put up in the Morgiana against uh, Pissimichois, who then went on to uphold that form all season, was absolutely fantastic. Uh, how is he? How is he recovered? And how is he ahead of this race? Good. Uh, look, he's a very fragile horse. Um, it looked like he was going to beat Espoir Dallin and Nace one day when he felt the last might have. It looked like he maybe Eric Walsh has gone for his stick. Ruby hadn't gone for his stick. Um, like you said, his performance with the Morgiana when a few barrels were needing their run last year um, was very good when he beat pretty much World Classic Dream Sharjah. Um, he's only had six runs for us, so uh, he is a high-class horse, um, but he is delicate. Um, he was able to win first time out last year. Um, you know, with those horses that are delicate, you're obviously not going to drill them to have them real ready the first day, so... Um, 
that's you know it's it, this won't be the be all and end all of his season. Uh, you know we'll be working towards Cheltenham. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but it would be just great to get him out and get him going, and because he's a horse with an awful lot of natural talent. Um, but look, Honeysuckle is undefeated, and I would say two and a half round Fairhouse is probably nearly her optimum conditions. So. I would think it'll probably be a day for the odds on shots uh, with Envoy Allen and Honeysuckle. Uh, you haven't ridden over hurdles this season yet. Are, are you planning to do so soon enough? Because you've had a brilliant record with Bacardi's. Yeah, um, no, I've, I've rode a few horses. The Aramon one there in Galway and um, a few other hurdle winners are right, but I have to mind them, yeah. They're 21 rides all I can get every season, so... Um, Bacardi's is there as well um, I you know he was second to Honeysuckle last year uh, I got a great spin off in Cheltenham we were third in the world hurdle I thought, mm. I thought we had a chance there for a little bit and he petered out um, I don't know uh, Paul I imagine will probably be on Saldier and uh, see what Willie does then uh, you know David's riding very well at the minute so uh, I'll find out I'll find out at 10 o'clock tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow morning it's I've given up talk, uh, asking Willie those kind of questions. Uh, Gordon, Fury Road is a horse that we really like on, on the show. Um, obviously, he's already had the benefit of a run and a win for that matter as well. How is he ahead of the Hatton's Grace? Yeah, he's in good form. Um, he's not a definite runner. Um, I'll have to speak to the owners in the morning and make a mind of what we'll do, but um, he's not a definite runner, to be honest. Okay. Uh, if he were to run, how is he? In very good form. He's come out of his race well. Um, he's improved a lot from it. Uh, he worked during the week and worked well. But listen, I, I, I think this race is only suckers to lose. So, um, you know, be looking forward to seeing her out again. Barry, your thoughts on the race? Sure, it's all honey sucking, really. If she could win and beat Benny Dadu around Cheltenham, and she's going the wrong way. If she could win at Leperson as well, going the wrong way. So she's back to her preferred right handed. So, no, she's a. She's a shoe in, but I do think that um, Beacon Edge or Fury Road are the two potential improvers. And if one or both of them run, are worth keeping an eye on. Um, obviously, Saldier is a classy horse um, of the opposition to Honeysuckle, but he's had a, a bit of a, a checker time. But so um, Beacon Edge and Fury Road will be the ones to keep an eye on, but it's it's all Honeysuckle. And Barry, when you were riding on, on these days on the barrel1racing.com Haddon's Grace Day, um, as it probably should be known, uh, what is Fairy House like to ride and what kind of information can you give to us betters that can that can help us to better understand Fairy House and the type of horse that we're looking for? Um, because essentially what we're seeing is the very best of young talent and then we get the Haddon's Grace where we get the hopefully the very best of the older talent but it's a it's a nice mix with the the very tough handicap thrown in between and then an exciting bumper as well um uh, what can you tell us about the track that that can hopefully help us betters to to better understand ferry house on the saturday and the sunday it's a lovely track it's a very fair track um you know you should get a good clear run you have plenty of, of room uh, you have a good length of straight but it's it's probably reasonably level. You have a couple of little dips and climbs. You climb away from the stands, but the straight wouldn't be as big a test as say Navan or Cheltenham. So it does suit a speed horse. And the Royal Bond for me is generally won by a speed horse. Uh, the real two milers. So you'd want to be keeping an eye on that for the, the Royal Bond for the Royal Bond. Um, Bally Adam 
to me, would take that box. Um, as regards the Drenmore and the Hatton's Grace, probably fall into a similar bracket in that being a two and a half mile, you can get the lad stepping up from two and you can get the fella stepping down from three. So you're meeting in the middle um, and you've seen Limestone Lad beat Histabrack in the Hatton's Grace years ago and yeah. yet you've seen Hurricane Fly win it as well and Jessica and horses like that. So it's um, they're both really good middle distance, early season um, races and it's, it's a great meeting and a great card um, and it always attracts superstars like N by Allen and Honeysuckle. So it's a, it's an exciting day's racing. It's a it's a brilliant day's racing, and it's a, ra- a day's racing that unfortunately this year we'll be watching from home. But look, doesn't mean that there isn't plenty of things that we can look forward to, and plenty of things that we can uh, embrace and and enjoy as we uh, look ahead to. Um, to what is hopefully going to be a, a fantastic day, which will be rounded off with the bumper. Um, and and so I guess, again, it's going to be a case of Gordon Elliott versus Willie Mullins, unless uh, somebody else wants to try and, and get in there and, and get in on the action. But Gordon, I'll start with you, because you've got a horse in here called the brilliantly named Champagne Sparkles. Will the champagnes be, be sparkling, though, after this race? I have three horses in the horse in the race. Sorry, um, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to run yet. Um, top band that's ha- had a run. I'd probably go hurling with him. It's say it'll be Champagne Sparkles or Grand Paradise. I'd imagine. Not just quite sure what I'll run. Um, obviously, Sunday is a long way away, and we've decorations in the morning. So I'll, I'll make my way up in the morning after we ride them out and see how they are. Okay. Um, who is going to be representing the Willie Mullins team? Because I'm looking at Cool Jet. Uh, with very familiar colours here. Um, Patrick, what's the, the current thoughts for the Mullins team? Yeah, he's our only entry. Um, so he's a jet away. Uh, Douglas Taylor owns him. Um, he's a family of Cousin Vinny. And so it's a bumper pedigree. And, you know, he looks like a, you know, a hurdle bumper horse. Um, you know, is he, you know, last year he came here, I managed to get Fernie Hollow beaten in this. So, oh, know, come on now. The wins. So um, yeah, look, I think he'll run well. I'm uh, looking at it. You know, it might not be as strong a race as other years. Perhaps. I mean, obviously, Gordon's two on race ones. Um, I've taken seriously. Noel has two in as well. One of them has quite a good bumper pedigree. Charles Burns uh, is four of bumper horses that have a very good strike rate. Um, so it's maybe. Maybe not as comp- as obviously competitive as other years, um, but um, I think my fella will run very well. But he might just he might just be better off uh, down the country. Okay, um, are these the same colours as Final Approach? Yes, they are. Yeah, I was thinking they look familiar. Uh, well, I hope. I hope that he turns out to be better than you are predicting, but we've learned a lot there, uh, particularly about uh, Gordon's horses as well. I'm going to get your naps in a second, but first of all, uh, the day one of the Ferry House Winter Festival, and although we're racing behind closed doors, we want you to, to be able to enjoy and be involved in as much as the fun 
as possible from home, whether you're watching on racing TV or whether you're watching on RTE. You can take part in the virtual Christmas jumper competition, all in aid of Pieta House for a very, very good cause. To enter, just donate five euro to Pieta House via the link on the fairyhouse.ie website. Complete the form. Uh, you'll need a picture of your donation and a picture of you in your Christmas jumper to enter. Uh, you can use the hashtag Fairyhouse Christmas Jumpers. The winner will receive an overnight stay for two in the four-star Dunboyne Castle Hotel and Spa and hospitality for two at the 2021 Fairy House Winter Festival. Competition is open from 9am to 6pm on Saturday, and the winner will be announced on Sunday, ahead of racing on all Fairy House social media channels, so Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Entrants have got to be 18 or over, uh, non-transferable, no cash, alternative, batteries not included, all that malarkey, blah, 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 blah. Right, uh, the good folks at, um, I say the good folks, the good man, at uh, Bar One Racing. And of course, there are good folks there as well. Really, Barney's the main man, has given us uh, 400 euro. So 100 euro each in free bets for um, the Irish Injured Jockeys Fund. So who do I go to first? Patrick Mullins, no pressure. I'm going to come to you first. What are you going to do with your 100, 100 euro bet? Who do you want to put it on? Or how do you want to place it in terms of bets for Fairy House? And what, um, what price did you say Carrigan Lotus was? She's 10s. And yeah, I think... Um, what, how many runners in that? There's six. That's only first two, is it? I think 50 each way at her is... Um, oh, I'll put it on. 100 win, 100 win on her. Sure, sure. Oh, Patrick Mullins, boy! That's that shot! Up you, boy, yeah. So you get it done. All right, Carrageen Lotus for Anya Lawler, 100 win at 10 to 1. Now that's laying down the gauntlet, Barry Garrity. Yeah, I don't think there's, uh, there's great value in Honeysuckle or Envy Allen or Bally Adams, so I would have 100 on Zana here in the juvenile. 100 on Zana here in the juvenile. I'm liking that. Okay. Uh, and obviously that's on the Sunday. Uh, Gordon? Um, as Barry said, there's, there's a lot of short ones there. Um you know, I'm going to go for something a bit different. Um, I'm going to have a 100 treble on a couple of short ones. Obviously, I'm going to put um, Honeysuckler, Monkfish, and Timoteo to make the bet up. Oh, I like it. Okay. Uh, I really want to put in Queensbrook, but given what Patrick has done, I'm a little bit nervous. I'm probably going to back Queensbrook on the day but I don't think I want to put her in a bet for the Irish Injury Jockeys Fund. I think I, I, I'll play a little bit safer. By the way, might I just say thanks so much to Barney from Bar One for giving £400 in free bets, as in 100 quid for Gordon, Barry, Patrick and myself. Because it's an incredibly difficult time for everybody, but particularly for, for betting companies. We can't go racing. Owners can't go racing. And if we can't go, uh, guess who else can't? Bookmakers and betting rings. And so it's an unbelievably difficult time. And also, guess what? Betting shops are closed. So it's incredibly generous of Barney to give us these um, 400 pounds in free bets. And it's greatly appreciated. It's also, I think, unbelievably nice of him to give very generous hampers to all the grooms of the winners of the three grade ones 
at Ferry House. And indeed, the groom of the winner of the Portistown Handicap. And when I say generous, I mean generous. The hampers that Barney from Bar One Racing gives out are the size of 747s. They're ridiculous and filled with the absolute best of everything. So fair play to him for doing that. It's uh, it's an incredibly generous and an incredibly kind thing for him to do. Enough stalling, they say in the gallery. Right, I'm going to leave out Queensbrook and, and backer myself. I'm going to uh, I'm going to go with Honeysuckle. I'm going to go with a treble like Gordon Honeysuckle, seven to four on. Envoy Alan, I want the price that is available now, Barney. That's not why I was being so nice to you beforehand. With that final Forlum podcast exclusive, that uh, easy work and Andy Dufresne may not take up the engagement, then I will take the threes on about Envoilan in the Drinmore. And um, I'm very confident about Bally Adam. I really like him. So I believe a 100 euro slash 100 pound treble pays 550 euro. So there you go. A huge thank you to Peter Rowe and all the team at Ferry House. And I hope that you have an absolutely fantastic weekend. I hope the whole thing goes brilliantly for you. When Peter got in contact with me about this, I'm just glad to be able to support Irish racing in the right way. Again, that's why I think it's so generous of Barney to to be uh, as generous as he is. But you won't meet much nicer people than Peter Rowe. Him and his entire team at Ferry House, I hope the weekend goes smoothly. I hope you have a brilliant time. And um, as for all of us, well, look, we can't go, but at least we can watch it. And uh, we can get involved on social media. Uh, you can listen back to the Final Furlough podcast. You can hear what Andrew Mount and Rory Delargy think of Sunday's action and uh, compare it against Patrick Gordon and uh, Barry think of their selections. Yeah, I'm looking forward to reviewing it on Monday as well. We can't go, but we can watch it. It'll be on RTE. But look, honestly, I recommend you watch it on Racing TV because you'll have Gary O'Brien there for the entire day and there is nobody better in the game than Gary O'Brien. He is absolutely sublime. He's genuinely first class. And uh, alongside him, I'm guessing, will be uh, Don McLean or Jane Mangan at some point. If Jane's not going to be there at the start, she might be with Orti. She She'll be there at some point towards the end with, with Racing TV. Uh, Ruby Walsh, I'm sure, will be stopping by with Racing TV as well. They'll bring everything to us. They'll bring us all the action that we need. So, um, look, I'm looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully it's going to be a fantastic weekend's racing. Enjoy the Ferry House Winter Festival from home. Given how cold it is outside, maybe it's a good thing that we're watching it from home this year, but I very much hope that we can all watch it together next year. Gordon Elliott, I hope you bang in the winners, but only in the races that I've backed. Uh, Thank you very much, my friend. Patrick Mullins, I hope you bang in the winners, but again, only in the races that I've backed you in. Um, Have a fantastic weekend and looking forward to talking to you on the Final Forum podcast again, Patrick. Thanks so much, James. And Barry Garrity, a pleasure as always, my friend. Thanks so much for joining us and um, looking forward to chatting to you again on the Final Furlong Podcast. You're an absolute legend. Cheers, Amos. Thank you. And you are an absolute legend for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Hopefully there's plenty of gravy to be found. Enjoy the weekend and we will review all of it in its proper glory on Monday's Final Furlong Podcast with not one, but two new pundits. And I hope 
that you will very much enjoy listening to them because they're well-established, they're well-known, and I think you're going to really like what they have to say. Until Monday, we'll chat to you then on the Finally Furlough Podcast. Take care. God bless.